Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Pro Football Draft Junkie Podcast. It is week 17 of the NFL season already here in 2020. Hard to believe uh, what a long year it's been, what a crazy season it's been, but we're already near the finish line. Um, so I figured it was a good time to go ahead and put together my first mock draft of the season. As we uh, get going towards draft season, I've uh, started my scouting, um, heavy scouting into players already. Um, like I said, I thought it would be a good idea to go ahead and uh, wet the palate and start a, a mock draft as I get this going and just see where we're at and see what's going on right now. Um, and we got more shows in the barrel um, with draft season coming upon us. And it's, um, you know, good to be back and doing all that stuff. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get going. Um, and as we talk, you know, the first two picks have already been locked in. Um, and aside from that, this weekend's going to dictate uh, the rest of the first 16, I believe, is the number of picks of where we go from here. Uh, so other than the first two picks, which belong to Jacksonville and the Jets, respectively, um, everything is still set to be um, decided this weekend. So... Uh, still a lot to watch, um, depending on how you feel about winning and losing when your team has nothing to play for. There's a lot at stake this weekend. So uh, with all that being said, let's go ahead and get to it. Um, with the first pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars take Trevor Lawrence. I think this one's a no-brainer. Uh, since his freshman year, I think all of us have known that he's destined for great things. Um, and whoever got this pick... Uh, we knew was going to take Trevor. Um, the Jaguars have been in quarterback purgatory basically their entire existence as a franchise. Uh, the best quarterback they've ever had was Mark Brunel, and that's no discredit to Mark. Uh, but Trevor could put this franchise in a, in a completely different stratosphere. He, you know, there has always been there. The talks have never gone away about them moving. He could potentially stabilize the franchise for the next ten years keep them in the city of Jacksonville, um, continually put fans in the seats, and finally bring um, a winning culture to the team that has been missing since the late 90s, early 2000s. So Trevor Lawrence to the Jaguars, easy pick. Um, pick number two belongs to the New York Jets, is, which is where it gets interesting. With GM Joe Douglas, who's only been there since 2019, what does he do with that pick? He doesn't owe anything to Sam Darnold because he didn't make that pick. So does he, does he continue to work with Sam Darnold or does he take Panay Sewell, who is arguably the best prospect who is not a quarterback this year? I have him taking Zach Wilson out of BYU, the quarterback, right now just because when you're a GM and you inherit a quarterback who is not yours – you usually don't owe anything to that player, and you're going to want to go get your guy. A lot of people think that he will just want to go ahead and get Panay Sewell, even though they already have Makai Becton as their left tackle, probably franchise left tackle as well. But if you get Panay Sewell, you can bookend your tackle position for the next five to ten years. Um, still, I think as of now, I have the Jets getting Zach Wilson out of BYU because... He's the GM as of now, and I think that's the guy, you know, I think that's the decision he's going to want to make. He's going to want his quarterback in position. 
um, for the record, I don't know how much of this is even Sam Darnold's fault, um, but that's not what this podcast is about today. This one is just about the mock draft. So I think it'll be Zach Wilson to the Jets for now, which leads us to the Miami Dolphins at number three. I mean, what a stroke of fortune for them. This, for, for those unaware, this is the, the Houston Texans pick um, based on the dismal season they've had and the ineptitude of Bill O'Brien trading this pick in a stroke of irony. Uh, this was the pick that was used, uh, dealt for Laramie Tunzel. Um, and then, like I said, in a stroke of ultimate irony, I would have the Dolphins here on the third pick taking Panay Sewell, um, which would be an embarrassment of riches because the Dolphins just took Austin Jackson last year, Solomon Kindly, and Robert Hunt. Um, so immediately it doesn't appear to be a need, but Panay Sewell is one of those guys you have to take. He's looking at you right here. You would either trade back, which is a definite possibility, but in the sake of this mock draft this early, I don't... I don't do trades on my mock drafts this early. I, I don't see the point of doing mock trades when I'm sitting here in December. Maybe as we get closer to the drafts, uh, to the actual draft, I'll start mocking trades and scenarios and stuff like that. I just don't like doing stuff like that here in December. Just We're not even a free agency yet, so I just don't see the point. But for now, um, if Panesul's there, you have to take him and then kick Robert Hunt inside, I guess, even though you got Eric Flowers also there. Again, in this scenario with no trades, you're the Dolphins. You figure something out. You trade a young guy or something like that. You take Panay Sewell, who has literally been talked about by certain scouts as the best offensive tackle prospect of all time. That is what certain scouts are saying about him. So um, what a move by the Dolphins to have this pick at their disposal and then have the unfortune of the Texans season going on. Um, uh, I mean, great scenario for the Dolphins right here. Uh, pick number four, we have the Atlanta Falcons. Um, we have a new general manager here again, and this is a theme that we're going to address. With new GMs, you usually see new quarterbacks. With the Falcons, it's a little bit different, and we're going to get to other teams as well. You have incumbent quarterbacks, but you still want to think about the future. With this particular draft, it's a very good quarterback class. Next year's isn't as good so far. Obviously, you could have guys like Joe Burrow who explode on the scene. Um, but still, as of a year out, it doesn't appear to be as good as this year's class. So what you might want to do is take a guy and let him marinate like, you know, like Pat Mahomes or, you know, other quarterbacks have done, which obviously seems to be the standard now. Not in every situation, but... Um, the Falcons could do, especially with the player I have them taking, who is Justin Fields, because um, Matt Ryan still has some left in the tank, and the Falcons could be heading towards a little bit of a reset because they are in salary cap trouble. So this would be a pick that I don't think would be crazy, and I know Justin Fields is a little polarizing right now because of some uh, issues he's been having in recent games, which I do think is a little bit overblown. He still has amazing physical tools and um, Problems that I think can be worked out. Um, as we get into deeper scouting, I will address, you know, more of the, some, you know, his alarming traits. You know, the biggest one that scares me a little bit is, in, is his internal clock. Stuff like that might not be able to be fully fixed at the professional level, but it can be fixed by play calling and stuff like that. Um, but his physical tools are there. He's still an amazing professional prospect. And, if the, doll, if the Falcons are sitting there with four and he is there, um, 
again, looking at the quarterback prospects next year, and you're, you're sitting there with the fourth pick, I, I think Fields is better than some of the guys you would look at next year. Um, assuming your team bottoms out and you have a chance to take Sam Howell next year, I don't think you want to risk that. So I think they would want to take Justin Fields this year. Uh, number five, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, this stinks for them because I know they were hedging on taking Panay Sewell. Uh, they beat the Texans last week. Um, this work gets tough, man. You, you, as a fan, you don't want to root against your team, but it, it helps when you lose these meaningless games because it helps you pick better. But again, it, it goes against your, fi your fiber as a fan, but they lost out on the Panay Sewell sweepstakes because of that. So I... Don't have them picking a t uh, off as much as they need to protect Burrow. I, I would have them taking a lineman later in the draft. Later in the draft because I don't see the value of another offensive lineman here at the fifth pick. So I have them taking wide receiver Jamar Chase at number five uh, because I think he's the best value. I don't think there's another lineman worth taking here. Uh, Rashawn Slater at Northwestern was thought of here, but still I think they wouldn't pass on getting another weapon for Joe Burrow, especially when as dangerous as Jamar Chase here when they can get a t uh, lineman later in round two. Uh, Jamar Chase uh, set the world on fire, obviously, along with Joe Burrow. So I got the Bengals adding to Joe's arsenal with pick five. Pick six, I got the Eagles taking Micah Parsons uh, at a Penn State, helping uh, solidify that pass rush. Um, Mike is one of the – he opted out this year, so the game tape is a little bit more limited on him. But – as of now, he's one of those universal linebackers. He will help the Eagles out, um, get to the quarterback more, which obviously any team in the NFL could always use more of that. Um, and Parsons, this is, you know, he, I could have mocked him to right around this spot. And, you know, I got him going to the Eagles for now. Number seven, I got the Lions taking Devontae Smith out of Alabama, who, could win the Heisman here in a couple of days. Um, the Lions are another one where I, I thought about quarterback, but as of now, um, we got Fields off the board, we got Wilson off the board, we got Lawrence off the board. I think they're going to look at value. Um, I think they're going to see that the wide receiver, right, wide receiver position is a little bare for them right now. Um, so I think they're going to want to stock up. Devontae Smith is the, uh, arguably, you could argue that he's the best prospect uh, it's 1A and 1B with him and Jamar Chase. So I have them bolstering up the receiver core, taking Devontae Smith. Uh, number eight, I have the New York Giants taking Gregory Rousseau. Uh, this is another interesting – Gregory Rousseau, by the way, defensive end at the University of Miami. Another interesting evaluation because he opted out this year. Um, he was a redshirt sophomore. He had one season of full playing under his belt. Um, and this was going to be an important season for him. Now that he opted out, he only has one full season of tape under his belt. It was an amazing season, but a lot of evaluators aren't sure where he's going to end up falling in, in the draft next season because of this, because he didn't play. Um, Jamar Chase might have issues like that as well. Chase has a little bit more tape um, and more to go off of. Uh, but a guy like Gregory Rousseau, he's gonna, he might be getting passed by his own by his teammate, which we're going to get to um, later on in this mock draft. But Gregory Rousseau, 
had amazing stats that one season with the Hurricanes. Uh, re- I believe could have really used this season. But we're going to see. I saw him earlier uh, in earlier mock drafts before he opted out, going as high as like three. Uh, I've seen him in recent mock drafts falling as late as like 20. So we're going to see as he tests and stuff like that. Hopefully there will be a combine. I'm not really sure yet with COVID protocols and stuff like that. But for now, I got Greg Rousseau going to the Giants at number eight to help with that pass rush. At number nine, I have the Carolina Panthers taking Patrick Sertan out of Alabama. This is a tough one. Again, with the quarterback class this year, and there's so many quarterback-hungry teams. Um, the Panthers also have a, a they have a vacant GM position right now. I don't believe they've hired yet. Um, I think they're going to stick with Teddy Bridgewater for one more year. Um, and if they do go quarterback, I think at just as of now, like I said, this is mock draft 1.0. They could still take one, but as of now, I have them sticking with Teddy because Patrick Sertan is the cornerback number one. Um, they lost James Bradbury recently to the Giants. Now they go ahead and pick up a new uh, CB1. Uh, stick with Teddy for one more year and then grab a quarterback next year either through free agency for Matt Rule, uh, their new head coach, get them a new guy. Uh, Teddy's got a, I believe he's he signed a three-year deal, so, um, and I think it had an out after the second year. I believe, you know, obviously I could be wrong, but um, so in this mock, I have them sticking with him one more year so they can get the CB1 on the draft after missing, you know, instead of taking the fourth quarterback, they, they take the... Um, the best corner on the board in this situation. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, in the 10th pick, I got the Denver Broncos taking Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. And this is a, going to continue to be, because of COVID this year, this is going to continue to be a theme. Trey Lance is the, uh, like I said, the quarterback out of North Dakota State, who I believe threw 28 touchdowns and zero, I know for a fact, it was zero interceptions last year um, as a redshirt freshman. This season, uh, as a sophomore, only played one game because of COVID. North Dakota State canceled all their games. They had one exhibition game for him, and it was against Central Arkansas, and he did not look great, unfortunately, for him, and that was the one showcase game he had. I can't remember if it was one or two interceptions that he threw. He, um, my early, you know, like I said, this is just a mock draft for now. We will get into the crazy evaluations later in the season. Um, very athletic quarterback, cannon of an arm. The accuracy, you know, leaves a little bit to be desired. Um, Drew Locke uh, has been with the Broncos two years. Uh, obviously, for now in this mock draft, I have the Broncos moving on. I'm just not sure if he has shown them enough to be the guy moving forward. So as of now, I have the Broncos taking Trey Lance and as their franchise guy moving forward. Uh, pick 11, Dallas Cowboys. I have them taking Kyle Pitts out of Florida. The tight end, I don't even know if you can call him that as much as he's just a weapon. You can line him up at receiver. He's, he's, he's bigger than any wide receiver, and he's faster than any tight end. I mean, when Florida played Alabama last week, nobody could cover him. He's just an insane athlete. He reminds me kind of of Darren Waller of the Raiders. He's just a matchup nightmare. Um, and it just it feels like a Jerry Jones pick where he might not be – Dallas might have more pressing needs – like on the defensive side of the ball. But if he's there, I'm not sure if Jerry would want to pass up on him, especially you get Dak Prescott re-signed, and now you're playing with Zeke Elliott, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Kyle Pitts. I mean, you can almost overlook some defensive struggles because if Dallas has the ball, good luck stopping him. Kyle Pitts is just an absolute freak. I don't 
I had a hard time even putting him at 11 because I'm surprised. I, I don't know if he's going to last till pick 11. He's just one of the bigger mismatches I've seen coming out of the NFL in a while. Um, but, yeah, that's what I have going on at pick 11 for now. Pick 12, we have the Los Angeles Chargers. I have them taking Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle out of Northwestern. I could have gone receiver here to give – uh, Justin Herbert, another weapon. I decided to go with Rashawn Slater for now to go ahead and keep protecting the young quarterback who just keeps putting up fantastic numbers for his new franchise. Pick 13, I'm sticking with the theme of protecting your quarterback. We have the Minnesota Vikings, and I have them taking Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State University. Pick 14, we have the New England Patriots. I have... I have them not taking a quarterback right now. For now, I think the Patriots are either going to address it in free agency, maybe a guy like Matt Stafford. Well, that would be a trade. So I think they're either going to go free agency or trade, maybe Matt Stafford or something like that, or they're going to address it in the second round. Um, maybe uh, maybe a Jamie Newman or a Mac Jones or something like that. Um, so for now, I have them going Jalen Waddell, wide receiver from Alabama. It's been um, well-documented, the problems the Patriots have had at wide receiver. Um, so, obviously, I have them remedying that situation right now, taking the, uh, the speedster out of Alabama, who might, it's unlikely, but could play should Alabama make it to the national championship. Um, yeah, Jalen Waddle from Alabama going to the Patriots at pick 14. Uh, pick 15, we have the San Francisco 49ers taking Caleb Farley, cornerback out of Virginia Tech. Uh, Richard Sherman, I believe, has even said that this will be his last season in San Francisco. Um, so I expect them to go ahead and shore up their cornerback help. Uh, again, I feel like a broken record. This, the Niners could look to bolster up, uh, or not bolster up, to um, address the quarterback position. Uh, in this particular mock, I didn't have them doing that. I've even heard rumors of them trying to trade all the way up to get Zach Wilson. I think they're going to go ahead and give Jimmy Garoppolo another shot. I mean, they did go to the Super Bowl last year. I know the NFL does tend to have a, sh a very short memory. Uh, I mean, even with the Eagles, you're talking about Doug Peterson, uh, his head being on the block already in Philly uh, after winning the Super Bowl three years ago. So anything is possible, but I, I think the Niners are going to give Jimmy G one more chance. I even think I read something about John Lynch saying it is Jimmy G's job. So. I have Caleb Farley, corner from the from Virginia Tech, going to the 49ers, especially with uh, Richard Sherman saying that he is basically on his way out. Um, with the Las Vegas Raiders at pick 16, I have Quiddy Pay, defensive end, edge rusher from University of Michigan. Um, like I've, I've, I hammer this point a lot in the NFL, you can never have enough edge rushers. Um, give the Raiders. Um, I almost went linebacker here, but I, like I said, Quiddy Pay at 16, it was like the Kyle Pitts thing. I don't know if Quiddy Pay will be there, and I was surprised to have him here, and I think the Raiders would love him to be there at pick 16. If he was, they will obviously jump all over that pick. Uh, just to, you know, they, they got to get after Pat Mahomes. Um, so it would just make perfect sense to me for them to shore up that edge rush. Uh, pick 17, uh, I have the Arizona Cardinals taking J.C. Horn cornerback out of South Carolina. Um, what do I have right here? Uh, I wanted them to, I, I thought about going offensive line here, especially because they didn't address it last year. Um, but they took Isaiah Simmons when I thought they were going to go offensive line to protect uh, Kyler Murray, obviously the number one pick from 2019. But again, this is another situation with my mock where 
I think if J.C. Horn is available at number 17, who a lot of people feel like is the best corner in like 1A, 1B with Caleb, or uh, sorry, 1B with uh, Sertan being off the board and Farley being off the board, uh, they pull the trigger and take J.C. Horn. You know, Patrick Peterson's getting a little older. You want to, with the time he has left and the Cardinals competing for playoff spot, you throw in J.C. Horn there and you got a nice tandem and he can learn from one of the elite corners in the NFL while he's still playing. So J.C. Horn from the uh, from South Carolina to the Cardinals at pick 17. Uh, pick 18, I have the Indianapolis Colts taking Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, out of the University of Minnesota. Um, I don't have the Colts. Again, the Colts are another one of those teams. I don't think they're going to want to go quarterback in round one. I think they're going to wait until round two or three and get a guy like Jamie Newman, um, Mac Jones, or Kyle Trask, provided that those guys do fall in the second round and don't go in the late first. Um, I think the Colts, I mean, Rivers has shown that he still has plenty of gas in the tank. Um, T.Y. Hilton's getting a little older. Uh, Michael Pittman has looked very good, good, very good as a rookie. Um, and I think Rashad Bateman would just give them a, a nice three-headed monster at the receiver position. Uh, you know, it would give them a nice young... Uh, duo of young receivers for T.Y. to mentor as he enters the later stages of his career. Um, and like I said, I think the Colts are in win-now mode, so instead of taking a quarterback in the first round, I think they're going to want to get guys that can come in and help them win now um, while Rivers still has something left in the tank. Uh, at pick 19 with the, uh, with the Washington football team, I have them again, this is where it gets tough because we haven't had free agency yet. Um, Washington's another team that could go after Cam Newton. They could trade for Matt Stafford. Uh, I'm not sure what they're going to do yet. I don't have them taking quarterback yet either. I have them going Christian Derrishaw, offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. So whatever quarterback they do get in free agency or whatever quarterback they do decide to have under center from uh, for 2021, Christian Derrishaw will be protect protecting. Um, they do. They have said that they would like to have Alex Smith back. Um, as a bridge quarterback, most likely if he does come back. Uh, so whatever quarterback they have, uh, I believe I have Christian Derrishaw uh, will be protecting that quarterback. Pick 20, uh, the Chicago Bears, another quarterback-hungry team in this scenario. I think they will be a little bummed that, um, let's see, one, two, three. Uh, I have four quarterbacks off the board. Well, let's see, Lawrence, Fields. Well, yeah, four quarterbacks off the board, so I think the Bears would be bummed that at pick 20, they, I believe they would like Trey Lance were he here, but he is not in this scenario, so I have them going offensive tackle again to protect whatever future quarterback they decide to get, and I have them going Samuel Cosme, offensive tackle from the University of Texas. Uh, continuing with the offensive line theme, at pick 21, I got the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Alex Leatherwood um, from Alabama, uh, offensive tackle, uh, or they can slide him in the guard if they decide to uh, re-sign Cam Robinson on the left tackle side to protect their new investment in Trevor Lawrence. Um, you don't want to repeat Andrew Luck's career. The Colts got their guy, um, had their franchise quarterback. He was a great player, too. Uh, he just could not stay healthy, and a lot of that was due to the fact that the Colts just couldn't protect him. Um, and I think given that the Jaguars play, play in the same division as the Colts, I think that they're, they, I, you would at least hope that they 
saw that and they remember that and they're going to do the best they can to protect their new investment and shore up the offensive line and that's what I have them doing here. Um, you guys remember me talking about Gregory Rousseau having a teammate at Miami who might be passing him soon once we start seeing interviews and teams. That is the teammate uh, is Jalen Phillips who I have going to the Cleveland Browns with pick number 22. He is starting to get some well-deserved recognition finally. He was the number one prospect in high school. I can't remember if it was 2017 or 2018. He went to UCLA, transferred, um, had some love of the game issues, I believe. I think he even sat out a year, just wasn't sure how much he loved the game, which I'm sure will be brought up by um, scouts when he goes to meetings. Um, Olivier Vernon only has one year left on his contract, so I'm sure uh, the Browns would love to see Jalen Phillips here. I wouldn't count on Phillips being at 22. Um, once the actual draft runs around, like I said, when I do these drafts, this is where the, pro uh, the prospects stand as of now. So this is just, this isn't how it'll be necessarily once the draft starts. This is just how it all stands as with the news that I have as of now. But as of now, I have Jalen Phillips, defensive end from Miami, going to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, pick 23, I got the Miami Dolphins taking the first running back off the board. Uh, and that would be Travis Etienne from Clemson University. Um, I think this is about a fair spot. I don't think we're going to see much of those days anymore where running backs go in the top 10. I think this is about as good a value, or about as good a, as high a value, yeah, as good a value for a running back as you get. Uh, Etienne, I thought I wasn't too crazy about him deciding to come back for another year. I wasn't crazy about Najee Harris um, coming back for another year either. I like running backs to go ahead and get their money as soon as they can. But, you know, obviously, season's not over yet, but it's, he obviously made a good decision because Clemson is still playing for another national championship and ETN is still in line to be the first or second running back off the board. Uh, in this case, he's the first off the board. Miles um, Gaskin had, a, obviously, a great game last week, but I still don't know if he's the long-term answer. With this pick, the Dolphins... Um, the Dolphins get the best, arguably, the best running back. It's either him or Najee Harris. They get the best offensive lineman without a doubt. Um, and they're ready to go, man. Um, with ETN and Sewell, I think you can call that a great first round. Um, moving on with pick 24, I have the Ravens taking Rondale Moore, wide receiver out of Purdue. Um, and again, that would give, let's see right here. Give Lamar Jackson just another weapon on that offense. Um, just give them more weapons to play with. I think the Ravens um, have always done a good job drafting, and I think a guy like Rondale being right around this mid-20s area would just be great value for them. Um, I know Ozzy's not there anymore, but this would still feel like a, Ozzy's uh, fingerprints all over this pick were he here, um, and it would just make – a lot of sense to me for them to continue to bolster that wide receiver unit. Um, so yeah, Rondale Moore, Purdue, going to the Ravens. Uh, with pick 25, I have the Buccaneers taking Christian Barmore, defensive tackle from Alabama. Um, continue to beef up those trenches in Tampa Bay with Vita Vea already there. Um, and Dominic Sue is an older guy. I'm not sure how much is left on his contract. It might have only been a one year, so you go the cheaper route. Um, Younger as well, with a guy like Christian Barmore, stick him there in Tampa Bay. That's another team who's, who's in win-now mode, obviously, with Tom Brady. 
Um, give him a guy like Christian Barmore, beef up that defensive line. You can never have enough bodies, especially in the NFL, where you know most teams have two backs anyway that are going to keep coming at you all game. So give him Christian Barmore and, uh, yeah, keep it going from there. Pick 26, I have the Tennessee Titans taking Carlos Basham Jr., edge rusher out of uh, Wake Forest University. Um, it's another one where I think the Titans would be thrilled to see a guy like this fall to him. I think in most years he would probably go a little bit higher than this, but with the run on quarterbacks that we're seeing this year, um, it's been years like this where you do have so many good quarterbacks um, and just other premium positions such as corner, we're seeing a lot of guys in offensive line. Uh, I've, I've said a lot of good tackles also. Um, well, obviously, edge is a very premium position as well, but just the way it's gone in this mock draft and based on where certain teams are drafting, certain, sometimes guys just slip through the cracks. I mean, obviously, edge is a very premium position, but like I said, just where teams happen to be drafting, stuff can just happen. And the way this draft worked out, Carlos Basham happened to fall to 26 to the Titans. Like I said, I'm sure they would love to run, um, run up to the board with this ticket. Um, it would They could pair him with Harold Landry. Um, I'm looking at the depth chart right now, uh, and I'm sure they would love to. Uh, I'm seeing who they got to rush the passer right now, and it's not great. And I know they would love to plug in a guy like um, Carlos, who would give them an immediate uh, presence to rush the line, especially if they're going to have to play against Deshaun Watson. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and Philip Rivers, who is ageless now apparently, every year um, you're going to need as many bodies as you can rushing the quarterback. So uh, I think they would love this pick here with the 26th overall pick. At 27, I have the New York Jets taking Darion Kendrick, cornerback out of Clemson. Um, I think he would pair nicely with, um, I think he was a fifth round pick they took this uh, in the 2020 draft, Bryce Hall who's come on nicely for them so far out of Virginia University. He, um, I was watching some Jets games as they won their last two, which obviously surprised a lot of people. Uh, and Bryce Hall looked really good. He should not have been a fifth-round pick. He should have gotten a lot earlier than that. Um, and I think the Jets have a little, you know, they have, they have a lot of work to do. And I think Darian Kendrick is one of those guys. You put him, you put him there with Bryce Hall, and I think you've got a nice cornerback tandem um, as you continue to put the pieces together and uh, try to figure out what you want to do there um, because I do think Adam Gase will be gone as well. So um, you continue. This is that Jamal Adams pick, by the way, from the Seahawks. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, Darion Kendrick, you piece him together with a, another good young uh, diamond in the rough in Bryce Hall. Uh, and then I think you got a nice foundation to build from, from there. And um, I think the Jets will be set at the corner position. Uh, 28 overall, I have the Buffalo Bills taking Jalen Mayfield, uh, tackle out of Michigan. Um, what Josh Allen continues to keep doing in Buffalo is crazy. Um, and again, that's a guy, he's, he was 2017, I believe, so he's about to be in line for a massive payday. Uh, when you have a guy who is that important to your team, like I said, you don't want Andrew Luck 2.0, you protect him, you protect him by drafting guys, um, early who are good and that's what Jalen Mayfield is. He's a nice tackle prospect out of Michigan. Um, there you go. That's what you do. You protect your good assets. Uh, it's very simple but a lot of teams for some reason don't do that. 
Pick 29, I have the New Orleans Saints taking Dylan Moses, linebacker out of Alabama. Um, haven't really, t I might be the first linebacker off the board here, which the Saints would love that too. Uh, Moses, I think, fell a little bit. A lot of people expected him to declare last year. He did not because of the knee injury. Uh, he bet on himself um, and came back. He hasn't looked as good as people had hoped he would this year. I still don't think it's going to hurt him as much. I think his overall body of work is still going to get him drafted in either the late first round or the early second round. Um, in this mock, obviously, I have him going late first. I think the Saints would love to get a guy like him um, to help bolster up that defensive unit. It's in particular, like I said, their linebacker core. Um, let me see what they have, what they already have at the linebacker position. Obviously, I thought they needed him, if I, or I wouldn't have made it here already. So yeah, they already drafted Zach Bond last year. Uh, Demario Davis, and they have Alex Anzalone. So it's already a very good uh, rotation. I think they would still love to have a guy like Dylan Moses in that lineup should they get the chance. Um, and like I said, that's what I think they'll do. Um, or Chaz Surratt out of North Carolina if he's there. But in this situation, I have them taking Dylan Moses. Uh, pick 30, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this was another, like I said, this quarterback season is just, this is going to be a very fun draft to watch. Um, I did not have them going quarterback there I ha here, though. Um, this is another team, I think, that is in win-now mode uh, with Ben, as of now, saying he wants to play next year. I have the Steelers taking Liam Eichenberg, offensive tackle from Notre Dame. Um, I was very close to having them take Kyle Trask here, and I still think it's in play, but as of now, um, if Ben wants to play next year, he's going to carry a $40 million cap hit, which is crazy. Um, and if he's going to do that, you need to protect the heck out of that guy. So that's how you do it. If he's going to come back next year, you, you get him another offensive lineman, and that's what I have them doing. So Liam Eikenberg out of Notre Dame with pick 31. Oh, and by the way, with these playoff picks, don't yell at me if your team is picking earlier because they got knocked out of the playoffs. I got these from the, – the playoff picks are just generated from Tankathon is where I got them, which I love their website. So – I didn't make the playoff orders if you're wondering why your team is picking in a certain spot in the playoffs. It's randomized or whatever according to Tankathon. I forgot to address that earlier. Pick 31, uh, the Green Bay Packers. I have them taking Sean Wade, cornerback out of Ohio State. Um, they got Jair Alexander on one side. They, I know they have Kevin King on the other side. Um, Kevin King has not lived up to the expectations they've had on him so far. I don't believe he'll be there next year, and if he is, I expect it will only be on a one-year deal. Um, and even if he does come back on a one-year deal, a lot of NFL teams operate in the nickel for a lot of the game at this point anyway because the NFL has evolved into a very pass-happy league. Um, and even if, like I said, that this is assuming King even comes back to the team on a one-year deal, um, I think the Patri or, sorry, the Packers would – are going to try to address the corner position through free agency or the draft. I think it's a good chance they use an early pick on a corner. In this scenario, I have them taking Sean Wade from Ohio State to pair across from Jair Alexander and give them a nice one-two punch. Um, with the 32nd overall pick, uh, I have the Kansas City Chiefs taking linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa out of Notre Dame. Um, 
that would give the Chiefs another linebacker. I know they took Willie Gay last year out of Mississippi State. That would pair them well. They also have Damian Wilson and Ben Neiman at linebacker. Um, I think they could stand to upgrade that. Um, Willie Gay, I like a lot. And then you, you plug in Owusu Koromoa. Um, again, when you have you have the best player in the NFL already at quarterback, you've um, you've already got Tyreek Hill locked up. You've got um, Kelsey locked up, as far as I know. You have uh, let me look. You just drafted Edwards Hilaire. You you're good on that side of the ball. So take the linebacking core. Like I said, I've, I you can afford to draft. You know. It's not even about what you can afford to do. I, I think they could, I think they could, you know what I'm trying to say. They can afford to get the linebacker here, strengthen up that defense a little bit more. It's just an embarrassment of riches going on in Kansas City right now. I think they would love a guy like Owusu Koromoa, who I, I in early, uh, early drafts of this mock, I had him going as high as 16 to the Raiders, and in this my final draft of 1.0, he now falls to 32. So I think the Chiefs would love that anyway to bolster up their linebacking core. Um, so that's how I have the first round wrapping up. The Chiefs take Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Excuse me. Um, and yeah, that's what we got so far um, on the 30th of December 2020, this uh, horrible year. Just thankful that we were able to get the NFL season just about wrapped up. We got the postseason coming up. I hope you guys have done as good as you could have so far this year. Um, we made it together. I'm looking forward to what this new year has in store for us. Um, I'm ready to get back on board with the podcast. I realized how much I missed doing it. I'm going to try and keep it as much uh, about the draft as I can because that is uh, what I love to do. Uh, I will try to possibly do other sports stuff if I can uh, and maybe just put it in the in the description if I do that, but I will probably keep it under the Pro Football Draft Junkie uh, under this channel and just name it other stuff uh, if I decide to. But I thought about, you know, tried other, I tried other sports. I, I still love talking about that, but the, the NFL and the draft and stuff like that is where my passion is. Uh, and I'm really happy to continue talking about it again. I mean, just these past couple weeks where I started scouting players again, I remembered how much I missed it and it's, just good to be back. Um, I will, on the next show, have um, the email up. I will have an, an email up for you guys to send questions to. Um, you guys can find me on... Oh, no, I don't have the Facebook page. I don't have the right one that I want you guys to, to like and subscribe yet. But I will have all that information next time, uh, next episode I record. So I appreciate you guys listening to this, and I will look forward to recording more in the future. So take care, guys.